Can writing and publishing a novel be considered an act of worship? This is a question I asked seven authors recently as I interviewed them for the Book Launch Collective Spring Rally event. I had the privilege of hosting the event and getting to talk to these authors, interviewing them, getting to know them better, getting to know more about their books. But one of the interviews we did together was this, an interview talking about the creative process. And during that interview, I posed this question to them. I wanted to compile their answers together into a podcast episode for you because I know here on this podcast, we often talk about the business of Christian fiction. And while this Book Launch Collective Spring Rally event really utilized word of mouth marketing to help these seven featured authors reach new readers, it was a good reminder for both me and I think the seven authors involved to remember that while we are running businesses, we are really, in fact, walking out in obedience to a calling on our lives, a calling to steward creativity, a calling to steward a gifting, a calling to steward talent and time and treasure. And so I wanted to pull these answers together into a podcast episode for you in case you too need to be reminded in the midst of all the business decisions you have to make that you are stewarding creativity, that you are stewarding a calling. And this is an act of worship, as well as an act of obedience and an act of faithfulness. I hope you enjoy these authors' responses to my question. They're going to go one right into the other. You'll hear me repeat the question before the next author answers it. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll actually get to see us both on screen. But I hope you stay to the end because each of these authors has a little bit of a unique take on the question. Some had a lot more to say than others, but at the end of the day, each answer is just really insightful and I think helpful to those of us who are in this writing industry. I hope you especially stay to the end because the last author and I, we kind of go off on a little bit of a rabbit rabbit trail, but it's an interesting rabbit trail. And I think uh, if you are anything like us, and my guess is if you're listening to this podcast, you are, um, you're going to find it intriguing too, as we discuss this idea of um, faith and fiction and how those two relate together, especially if you are a writer who deals with more of a fantasy or sci-fi um, type of genre, a genre that's more um, world building than, um, than our other genres might be. I will also link to each author in the show notes in case you want to go check them out and check out their newly released novels. They all have beautiful works that they are offering the world right now. And so I know that they would greatly appreciate it if you went and helped support them by liking or following them on Facebook or Instagram, checking them out on Amazon, um, or even Goodreads too. So enjoy. I know for some writers, the act of writing feels like an act of worship. Is that true for you? Definitely. I mean, insofar as worship is a broad term, yeah. <laughs> like where for me, the Psalms are some of the best sort of examples of worship that we have. Mm -hmm. And that's like, you know, bringing all of your wretchedness and your joy mm -hmm. and your questions and your confusions to God in faith, because you wouldn't mm -hmm. direct them to God unless you trusted that he was there and it was accountable, cheered. So it's an act of faith for you. You just bring yourself and your emotions and what God is putting in you into that space and trust that he makes it beautiful. And that's kind of interesting, too, because I um, I did a, a term paper on worship at some point when I was getting my master's in theology. And yeah. the interesting part while I was looking at worship in Exodus was that 
how much God was involved in the worship process, either creating the space for it to happen or inspiring mm-hmm. people to do it. And then there's that, I think it's in Psalms where it says you create the praise of our lips. So it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like worship itself is a collaborative um, a collaborative thing, a collaborative grace. And, and so art is like that too. Yeah. It is worship where you go into it wanting to deepen your relationship with God, wanting to bring yourself to the table, but also expecting him to help you form the word mm. play. That's such a beautiful way of expressing what creativity is and engaging with the creative space with God. I love it. Like the way that you just expre- expressed it. Um, I never thought about that God. I never, I, I never must have missed that verse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it didn't jump out at me, but um, that idea that God creating the praise that's on our lips, like I never really thought about that, that being even that act, it's just like the cyclical collaborative event that's happening. So do you view your writing as like an act of worship? It's an interesting, an interesting way to frame it because, mm-hmm. you know, I like to think that things, worship is what brings glory to God. And so, yeah, I would like to think that the words that I'm writing do bring glory to God. I think that there's enough of um, an opportunity for people to question what they believe and to ask questions and to maybe, because it's outside of themselves, watching Mm. people interact with faith, that that I think it's pointing them, each book, sorry, each (laughs) book is pointing them towards Jesus. Mm. And so, yeah, I guess I could, I would say that it's, it's an act of worship. Um, and I don't know that that would be necessarily something that I would have gone into it. Like, I'm going to worship Jesus by writing a novel. Right, yep. But I think it's become that. Yeah. And I really like, I like to be able to think of it that way. Because okay. writing feel like, you said it was a happy place. Does yes. it feel like an act of worship for you? Uh, I'm not sure I'd call it an act of, of worship. I do feel close to God when I'm writing. Um, he gave me my creativity. And I also rely on him for, you know, guidance as I, as I write. Um, So it it is a a spiritual Mm. act for me. Do you view it as an act of worship? Yes, absolutely. And obedience, also Mm. an act of obedience. Um, Because there are some days where he wakes me up in the middle of the night with the idea and I'm tired and I, I don't get up (laughs) and I don't meet him and make that time to put the words on the page and I always regret it mm. when I do it's so rewarding yeah so it is it's an act of worship it's an act of obedience it's a choice to enter into that with him um and it's a privilege but I want to ask you if you feel like the creative process is like an does it feel like an act of worship to you yes it does and I read okay. uh, a book that for, like that was very pivotal for this. And it was Jordan Rainer's created to work. And he just talked about how we're made in the image of God. And as he is a creator, we're, we're little creators. And it doesn't matter what your work is. If you're doing it to the glory of God, then Mm -hmm. it is a a creative act of worship, I think. And the Benedictine rule uh, is aura a labora is one of their mottos. And that Mm -hmm. means pray and work. Mm. And, And I just, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I coming to understand that, that whole, like, 
Um, I've heard of Jordan. I had, I saw an interview he did once and um, he expressed those ideas in it too. Mm-hmm. I haven't read his book yet. It's on my yeah. to be to yeah. read list. That's like a mile long, but, um, but I think growing up, I was always like struggling with this idea of like we, that we could glorify God and no matter what we're working on. Right. I always struggle with that concept of like, some work being less holy than other work, right? Like, well, how can you say that when there's missionaries out there? Like, how can you say that when there's like ministers and then you're like, no, your work at, if you're a cashier of Hobby Lobby, like that's still, like that just felt like so not a glorifying to God kind of work. And I remember being like, when I was a young adult, just being like struggling with this idea. And it wasn't until I started to see that holistic picture that we are created in the image of a creating got a creator god and that we've been designed to create and that that looks different for everybody but it all is part of kingdom work and i um it wasn't until i understood that concept that i begun to understand what it meant like to do everything to the glory of god right that your whole life yes. should be like an outpouring of i'm doing this work because that's what i was designed to do and in that in that implementation of my design, I am glorifying God and I am worshiping him. And I think, well, isn't that interesting? Like we could even be operating in a way that is pointing people to the Lord and might not even realize it. Right. right. Like, because right. when we're just doing what we've been designed to do, yes, we're yes. doing that very thing, right. We're pointing to God right. and, and glorifying him. And I think that plays a role in what we're talking about here is the book launch collective, because you talk about like, oh, well, is the book Christian enough? Is it like your book is very like in your faith. Like this is yeah. has some the- theological roots here. We're, we're really diving into some like big picture questions and philosophical, philosophical questions and um, meaning of life type things. And so it, it kind of feels like a natural event to turn that this is going to point people to the Lord. But um, I think the bigger conversation that we're having in this event is the fact that that it's the creative process of the writer that is bringing glory to God, not necessarily the end product. And I just think that when we shift our mindset and recognize that we stop idolizing the product and start joining forces with the writers themselves. And so I appreciate you being in here and I appreciate what your book brings to our event and um, what you as a writer bring to this event and how you are just obediently walking out what God has called you to do. Do you have anything to add to that, that statement or that, that conversation that I just brought up? No, but I, I appreciate how you worded it and what you said. It's, it's just so true. And, um, we're all gifted so differently. Mm -hmm. And I just love, like you said, you might be inadvertently blessing somebody just with a quirky little thing that is how God made you to be. And that's just how, how good he is Mm -hmm. that he knows how to meet other people's needs also. And Mm -hmm. he uses us to, um, to compliment one another. What a privilege it is, right? Yes. Yes, it is. The question I have for you is, does writing feel like an act of worship to you? It does not. Okay. This is interesting. For me, for me I, I think a lot about it as creativity is an act of obedience. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Continue. Right. <laughs> so the reason I think it's an act of obedience is because... Um, 
because this has been really hard for me to try and put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's an act of obedience because I've been given this gift to see the world in a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I can keep it all in my head. And I don't know that that would necessarily be a bad thing, except I know that I would not use the talent I was given. Mm-hmm. So for me, taking the words from my head and putting them on paper is an act of um, creative obedience. Now, who knows what that creative obedience will lead to? Sometimes it's just creative obedience to learn the task better, mm-hmm. right? We have to be obedient to learn how to do the thing mm-hmm. uh, before we can be, uh, before it's ready to be seen by anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. So um, in that way, I think it is um, also a way of honoring the giver of the gift. And so when I put the words in my head onto paper, whether or not they get seen by somebody else, I am acknowledging that God gave me the gift of creativity and the gift of story. Um, and I will use it however he deems reasonable to let me use it. Mm. Do you feel like when you're in that creative space and you are really tapping into that gifting and that stewardship, does it? do you find it draws you closer in to God, maybe not in the actual moment where you're writing, but when you are actively being obedient and and doing the thing he's asked you to do, does it feel like it spills over into the rest of your faith? Uh, yes and no. So okay. I would say yes in that, um, particularly because I feel like I write about things that people don't want to talk about. I'm in constant communication going, are you sure you want me to write this? Are you sure this is what I'm supposed to put on the paper? Are you, because I don't want to write this because this is scary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, I would say um, yes. And the other way I would say it's actually the opposite for me. As I dig in and my faith and my communion with God grows deeper in the rest of my life, writing actually becomes more easy. Interesting, yeah. I can see what you mean by that. Um, um, and maybe not easy, but being obedient to writing the words on the paper becomes easier because I am just simply doing, putting down on paper what God has shown me in different mm-hmm. kinds of ways. And not to over-spiritualize it. Like, like I just wrote a story for my niece about a little girl who goes under her bed with the under the bed monsters to save her brother, right? There's nothing overly spiritual yeah. about this. Um. But it was just a story that was there. And so I wrote it. And, and maybe someday my niece will get it. Maybe mm-hmm. she won't. But, but obeying the starting and the finishing of that story, right. the, the, the yucky middle, for me, that's all, that is all outflow from the growing of my faith in my everyday life as opposed to just in my writing life. I asked this question of the other authors too, but do you feel like writing is an act of worship? I definitely feel it can be. It definitely also can not be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it depends on your state of mind and your state of heart. Um, I do feel like writing and and really any kind of creative art, um, music, sculpture, you know, anything where you're creating, that is, I I feel one of the the ways that we are representing that we're created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, this is, this is going back to my podcast. We early on in the podcast, it's part of our credits even had conversations about how one of you know, the first things that God does in the Bible is create, 
You know, yes. we, we, we serve a creative God and when we create and write these, you know, fictional things or, or make a sculpture or build with Lego, even mm. uh, we are joining in with him as creators. Now he mm. creates nothing. He takes nothing and creates something. Right. Uh, we, we can't do that. Uh, but he's given us these, especially with building blocks, you know, he's giving us building blocks that we can use, you know, where mm -hmm. we're just, you know, stacking one on top of the other or making shapes or, you know, mm -hmm. um, but then with, we, he's given us language. He's, he's given us um, music. He he's, he's given us color and he's given us all these things that I, there's just a drive in humanity to create. And, right. you know, I talk about the, the storytelling is, is definitely a big part of, of just uh, being human and, and connecting with other humans. Uh, but I think sometimes the, the drive to create is, is more of a, just a connecting with God. And mm -hmm. uh, it's not, nothing I'm saying right now is very scriptural. Okay. I don't think that necessarily there's anything. In fact, I've actually had people say um, there's a very hardcore uh, conservative uh, comic book creator who who he would say you know art is not and this is amazing he's an amazing artist but he would say there's there's no creative arts in the Bible and so and, and if that's interesting you're, if you're not looking for it you won't find it but yeah. if you are looking for it I have a little pamphlet kind of book written by Francis Schaefer about art and it talks about like these these things in the bible but but this guy was saying you know fiction is not acceptable mm. um and and you know to create fantasy is not acceptable because anything because anything artistic in the bible was like pomegranates in the temple you know right. pomegranates existed uh you know but then there's also the side of where well pomegranates might have existed but not that color you know yeah and, um and and then the other thing I keep going back to is, you know, Jesus told stories mm -hmm. and he told stories that weren't real. Now he, a lot of them had a basis in reality, a basis in, you know, right. farming and a basis in um, family and in having dinner, you know, but right. uh, and, and having parties, but he told stories, fictional stories to connect with his, with the people that he was talking right. to and to teach them these universal truths and, um, but he also said, well, the Bible says he was a man of sorrows. So Jesus never smiled. Just, oh my goodness. I, You're I, like... I cannot abide. I just, <laughs> I do not. Yeah. It was a very interesting, what was good about having that person in my life though, was he really did challenge some things I was thinking and challenged me to think about them better, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to say, okay, I'm going to take a look at what he's saying. Yeah, he is a man of sorrows, but there's also all these things in the Bible about joy, you know, yeah. and yeah, it didn't say that Jesus played ball with his disciples. But when I saw it was in high school years ago, I saw just a glimpse of a movie where Jesus was playing a, a game with his disciples. And that has always stuck with me that, yeah, I mean, they're walking around, they're, they're talking with each other, they're eating with mm -hmm. each other, they're they got to be laughing with each other and, and crying with each other. And right. um, yeah. So anyway, that's, 
Yeah, it's always an interesting, I know when we talk about creativity and I agree with you, I think that when we create, we reflect God's image of creativity. And I do think that when we are talking about, like when you're talking, the thing that stuck out to me and jumped to my mind was revelations. Like here, John is, you know, trying to explain what he saw and was it, you know, we, we don't know like how literal it is that he thinks. And I think that's what fantasy and sci-fi and these other world things that we create. I think it's us trying to describe and trying to put words to this majesty and this grandeur that we can't even comprehend. And it's another way for us to, you know, when it's written from a Christian worldview, obviously, obviously when it's not, it's, it's not necessarily trying to do this, but I think in cases like your book and others that, you know, um, I just, I'm thinking of, I just read a trilogy. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's a fantasy novel, but it's um, grounded in this idea of storytelling and, um, and the storytelling coming out in almost like a magical way. Right. And it's, I think it's, I think it's important to note that we can we can come up with these worlds and we can share these stories because it's just us trying to express a truth that exists, a biblical truth that exists in a new way and a new way of comprehending it. And it's not we're saying like this is a real world that exists. This is a real reality. We're saying this is an imaginative way to express this biblical truth. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I think that's probably partly what we're seeing in Revelation. But I also see, I think that in other places in scripture, it's there, you see um, sometimes the prophets even using very like uh, symbolic language and and very like flowery, you know, prose to get their points across. And I think that um, we can look at that and take heart that this idea of creating these worlds that reflect God's glory and point people to God is just as important and valuable as something that's just so a little bit more like on the nose. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, I think all fiction does this in some ways. Uh, It's just fantasy and sci-fi does this in a more visually expressive way of, of just pointing to, there's more and, yeah. and, and kind of feeding that hunger for more, that there's more to this life than, than this flesh. Yeah. And, and, and so you have, you know, the fantasy and the sci-fi and, and the, the rom-com even. Yeah. like the, the rom-com definitely, I feel like points to this desire for, for love and, mm-hmm. you know, it, so all of these things, I think, point toward just these human hungers that can only be really fulfilled in Christ and and right. will only be truly fulfilled when we have our our new our new bodies and mm-hmm. we're in the new earth and the new heaven and we're right. um we're we're in that relationship with God that that has no barrier of right. you know it's just. We get to be in his presence. I think sometimes that fantasy and sci-fi 
or like these ones where the worlds are like new worlds are created almost. Um, I think they're kind of, they, they threaten our sense of like, we know what we know and it threatens that a little bit. And I think that's what makes us uncomfortable sometimes as Christians. We, but we forget that there's so much we don't know. And there's so much that yeah. the Bible doesn't even touch yeah. on. And it kind of opens the doors to these, some of these philosophical big picture questions. I mean, we could, you can start to go really like you can start to really get into some questions. Like when you start to think through, well, nothing existed before earth was created and humanity was created, but God existed. So what was he doing before that? You know, Mm -hmm. and you can kind of get into these questions. And I think sci-fi and fantasy are those vehicles that make it feel easy to go down those roads, but sometimes it can also make you kind of go, "Eh, I don't know if I'm ready for this conversation. I'm not sure if I'm ready for this philosophical, big, like mind blowing concept that might come about this. And when we start to think about how heaven and earth will, you know, new heaven and new earth will be happening in new Jerusalem and all these things that are restored and all that like end time stuff. (laughs) And when this like reuniting of, kingdom on you know the heavenly kingdom on earth we don't even have a clue what that's going to be like we really have no concept of it and i wonder at times if fantasy and sci-fi is a part of us that is imagining what that world that we can't even comprehend might actually look like yeah i I think there's yeah i think there's something to that yeah i i too many times too many people just and maybe too many people means all of us we we want to understand we want to have everything just understandable in a box so that we it's finite yeah and you know but there is mystery there is there are things we just don't know i'm reading mm-hmm. job with my son right now and i'm so excited to get to the part where it's God saying, Hey, you know, did you create this? And there's things we don't know. There's things we can't know. There's right. things we would not be able to understand. And we don't want that. You know, right. every once in a while you'll hear about a child who finally understands what eternity is supposed to be or what infinity is. And they'll start crying because it's just so big, you know, and um yep. and even if you're as an adult, you know, let's think about infinity right now. Let's think about nothing ending, you know, and just, uh, just think about a number and now add one and add one, you know, and uh, it's just so big. We cannot comprehend it. And yeah, but fortunately God does, you know, and that's one of the things that I, I, I really use to reassure children is, okay, you think you're small and God doesn't care because he's so big but remember he created the universe and if he is big enough and strong enough and wise enough to be able to create this whole universe, then he is big enough and strong enough and wise enough to hear you and to care about mm-hmm. you as an individual um, because he's just that big and just that good. And, right. Uh, but it's still hard to comprehend that right. immensity. And yeah. So, and so I do think there is a place and it is valuable. Of course, obviously <laughs> a little biased over here, but I, I'm glad that we have, that we kind of went this way with this conversation because I don't think it gets talked enough about 
we hear the a lot of times the voice of dissension about it and not a lot of times this mm-hmm. just openness to it. And so I'm glad we were able to kind of touch on that a little bit in our conversation. But I just want to reiterate again how much um, fun it was to interview these seven authors, as well as what a joy it brought to my life and an encouragement as I worked with them over the last couple of months for, uh, to prepare for the Spring Rally event. So make sure you go check them out. Their links are in the show notes. Um, check out their new novels, check them out on socials, and um, give them a follow. And I hope you join me here next week as we continue this conversation on the business of Christian fiction. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.